0: Hi, everyone. Before we start, we have a quick announcement from the bosses here at Real Vision. They want you to know that the price of an annual subscription to Real Vision Essential has been cut in half to just $99, while a subscription to Real Vision Plus, where you get access to all the Real Vision masterclasses, plus all the learning modules in the Real Vision Academy, has been reduced to $400 a year. Consider it an investment in yourself. The link to sign up or share is in the video description below. All right, let's get to the main show. Who's gonna win the battle between supply and demand when it comes to oil? With me today is Tony Greer, editor of the Morning Navigator Newsletter. Uh, (laughs) Hey there, Tony, who is- Maggie, how you doing? For a mic and is dressed in Yankees garb. You know what that means, everyone? Yankees versus the Guardians. Hi there, Tony.
1: I'm great, Maggie, how are you?
0: How dare they reschedule the game right when we have to do the daily briefing?
1: Exactly what I said. I'm sitting here in my you know, my gear last night. I'm waiting for them to get started through the rain delay. And all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, you can go to sleep. And by the way, we're covering the Real Vision daily briefing tomorrow with the start of the game. I was furious.
0: <laughs> well, listen. I like let's let's hope it's good luck that they moved it. Feel free to continue with that beer as we talk, because between the Yankees' delay and the markets, I think we all need something to help us get us through. So, um, you know, we set up this question today with the supply and demand for oil um, because it seems to really kind of be the uh, the the big question, right? When we're looking at the movements we've seen in oil, you and I have been talking about it. We see oil under pressure again today. How are you looking at that supply-demand dynamic right now?
1: Yeah, really steep slide today. That is courtesy of another SPR release from the Biden administration. Um, You know, more political maneuvering ahead of midterms. The way that I think you have to look at that is that the way the global oil market is going to look at that, right? They're going to look over there at the U.S. paper market and see, man, they are spilling the U.S. crude oil market lower with those SPR sales. That doesn't change the fact that we've got diesel stocks that are running well below five-year averages, and I'm talking about inventories, right? So there's very little diesel in inventory, and you're seeing the front month diesel spreads go absolutely berserk into backwardation where they're now trading a multiple of what they've been trading. So... You know, with the price flat price of oil going down, you have to kind of take it a little bit with a grain of salt and say, OK, I can assign, you know, a lot of reasons for that. There's the Biden SPR headline. There's China delaying third quarter GDP. Yep. Nobody thinks it's because it's a really good number. Right. So then, the, you know, you may create some oil sellers out of that. But in general, I think you have to keep in mind the big picture that the supply is still tight. Um, You know, use the oil price to help navigate your way around the equity markets is, you know, the oil price is one of the most major uh, data points that you can follow right now. And, um, you know, it shows that the oil price may not be hanging around the highs. But as we saw last week, inflation is. And with lingering inflation, that's really kind of one of the drivers of the tape right now, if that's fair.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I want to I want to run past. We noticed a tweet uh, from Michael Cow, Urban Cowboy. Some of you may follow him. And he, he made a really interesting point. Risk assets are in a tails-you-lose, heads-you-lose dynamic with respect to oil. Oil down implies demand destruction of everything. Oil up boxes the Fed in is it going to be hard for oil to climb higher here because of this sort of you know the idea that if it looks like things are going well the fed's going to just kill that demand no matter what
1: that is a potential scenario maggie right we we can't assign a zero probability to that but we can also you know we can assign some probability to the fact that Um, Once we get through midterm elections, that it is going to be far, and that's only two and a half, three weeks away now, Mm -hmm. it is going to be far less relevant or imperative or motivating for the administration to be recklessly spilling what was known as the strategic petroleum reserve, Mm -hmm. right? They've just gone ahead and said, we decided gas prices are too high, we're spilling this out into the market because that's the lever we can pull, Right, so I think that I'm really um, I'm and and I have some um, some more background to to line this up, but I really think that post midterm elections we are going to see energy markets really thrive. The physical markets are going to start driving it once again. The paper market is going to take a backseat. I'm sure that OPEC is going to respond in kind to any kind of slowdown that the Federal Reserve may be trying to engineer and saying, well, if the economy's slowing down, we're going to cut production again, mm-hmm. right? They've already started that ball rolling. If you think they're done with that, I don't think you've calculated properly. Right, so let's keep an eye on on how that plays back and forth in the oil market. But it is really interesting to watch pan out back and forth right now.
0: Yeah, it's going to be such an important relationship, and you're right. You know, we we saw Saudi Arabia break, even though Biden went there, did did not respond. So you would imagine that it is going to be, you know, for sort of tit for tat as they try to, you know, protect their prices. I want I want to give you the opportunity to respond to a question that David has. Sounds like a comment question, Um, because I'm not sure it's. It's accurate. Um, Tony has, Tony has been wrong on oil for a while now. Is he calling it a tactical trade and not a long term investment now? Um, I'm just going to say, when we're talking to Tony, it's always couched as a tactical trade for the most part, because that's the lens he looks at the markets through. But I'm glad you asked the question because we just want to reiterate that if it's not clear to everybody. Um, Tony, you want to respond on the oil is wrong? Because I I don't recall that. I recall you
1: expecting uh, oil to
0: back down. So you just walk us through a little bit about sort of where you are with oil.
1: I, I am the known oil bull in the house. So all of the sort of less experienced people that are asking some of these questions don't know that I'm not long oil right Mm -hmm. now. I'm I'm long zero oil, right? I'm watching. I'm also watching from the perspective of somebody that went bullish at $0 per gallon Mm -hmm. and $0 per barrel. And it just so happens that the trade's not over for me. If, um, If a lot of the pedestrian traders out there think that a rally from zero to 130 and a dip down to 80 means that the bull market is over, I'm sorry about that. I mean, I'm really sorry that that's your view, but that's not what's going on here, as I just described in what's going on with diesel stocks. If there's no diesel, the diesel price is going to continue going higher. And what's not backing down, as you can see, are XLE and XOP. Those sectors are up 30% on the year in a year that the S&P is down 20%. I don't know where somebody can find a Tony has been wrong call here unless they're reading my navigator and um and when I'm wrong I get out. So that's to address that point just to you know to address another tell in the market, the fact that energy stocks are still strong up on the year and we've got refiners responding to the crack spread which just rallied from 30 to 40. By rallying back towards the highs and, and performing spectacularly, there's another sector of the market that I've been bullish that just keeps performing on the year. So you can frame this a lot of different ways, but the way I see it, Maggie, we are right in the middle of mm. a massive bull run. The high of the um, may not be on the board. The post Russia Ukraine um, 130 print may not be the high that the market gets to. Post-elections, because the Federal Reserve has still only got the interest rate market to play with. And if the tightness continues in oil and in diesel and supply drops further, mm. prices are going to go up.
0: And so I think you said something really, really important. This Maybe what David was getting at, that um, that it just because you have an, a, a view uh, on the trend, on the longer term trend on energy, which others share as well, you're not always trading it. And I think that's the thing. So if you tune in every single day, or if you read Tony every day, he's going to say whether he's in and out of it within the context of waiting for an entry point to get back in. So your time yeah. frame, your time horizon, and how tactical you are with all of this, incredibly important when you're tracking these things. So I appreciate your question, oh, David, because sure. I think it's a really, really good one. Anytime we're talking about this, we're always trying to sort of remind ourselves to make it clear what those, you know, what those distinctions are. Uh, Tony, what about stocks? So, so we've, you know, we've seen we, we got another rally. Get, granted, it gave up ground today. Uh, you know, toward the end of the day, we saw we saw a little bit of pulling back. What are you thinking about in terms of the behavior of equities?
1: Uh, I think that uh, as we used to say on the Comex exchange floor, that's a good low down at thirty five hundred two last Thursday. If you remember that day, that's the day CPI came out a little bit worse than expected proving the toothpaste is not going back into the tube and the market's freaked out right we carved a new low at 3502 in the S&P after breaking down through the bottom of the 3600 range the market came roaring back the biggest tell that i've seen all year was when the market traded to that low at 3502 and you looked over at the vix and the vix was down on the day so the S&P was hemorrhaging and the VIX was flat to neutral and not really moving. And next thing you know, the VIX came back 3,600 bid back into the range that it had been in. And we walked in on Friday to another historical day. On Friday, we had three times the amount of puts as calls purchased on the floor, excuse me, um, on the S&P purchase. So now we're talking about $20 billion of fresh, S&P put buying into the spike low of a price, you know, if you care about price action into the spike low of a move. So we're talking about like a giant stadium size crowd filled with shorts that are now below the market or, you know, definitely below the recent range. And now they've got to figure out what they're going to do because the market didn't break down on the CPI number. It rallied. So now we're seeing the follow through from that Thursday day. We're seeing you know positive earnings in the banking sector and XLF rallying sharply. um, you know, reacting to those earnings out of JP Morgan and Goldman Sachs today. Natural resources have been kind of neutral, but now you're seeing leadership out of everything that's down on the year, right? Today we're seeing leadership in solar stocks and cannabis and cybersecurity. Those are all getting crushed on the year, but they float to the top when the s and p is retracing. That's the kind of mode that I'm in right now. I feel like we're going to be testing moving average resistance above the market sooner rather than later.
0: Hey, everyone, we're going to take a quick break right now to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing.
2: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads.
0: Yeah. I, I'm glad you mentioned the the um the financial sector. It seemed like those bank earnings took everyone by surprise. It seemed like there had just been so much everyone was braced for such negative news. Do you like that? Do you like that sector, the action there? Or did the move already capture it?
1: As the members of my Slack channel will attest, last Thursday, when financials went positive, they were the first sector to plunge to a new low and go positive. And I told those guys for the first time since around 2017, I'm long the financial sector. The next day, I wrote about it in my note and got some of my clients into it. I'm bullish the sector basis, the dramatic turnaround that it just saw into this earnings season where I'm looking around saying, okay, where's the disaster? And there hasn't been a disaster. The Goldman Sachs, if you read the report, I mean, they may have missed on earnings, but A lot of what they're doing over there sounds really positive, as does what's going on at J.P. Morgan. So these are banks that are navigating this crisis just like you and I are, and I have a lot of faith that they're probably going to figure it out. So that's the way I'm angled toward the financials right now.
0: You know, Tony, Bank of America came out. As I'm listening to you talk, Bank of America released its monthly global fund manager survey today. Um, and it said the the results, and I'm going to quote here: "Screams macro capitulation, investor capitulation, the start of policy capitulation." They expect stocks the bottom in the first half of 2023, um, after the Federal Reserve finally uh, is you know forced to pivot away from uh, raising interest rates. Um, do you think that's already happened? Are they are they too out, far out on the time horizon when they're talking about 2023? Are you looking at that? The action this week as maybe an indication of that or too early to say.
1: Yeah, that's a different time frame for me twenty twenty three is a totally different millennium for my type of trading, Maggie. you know yeah. I, I can I can try to muster a view between now and the end of the year. What this feels like to me is a bubble in negative sentiment, a bubble in people wanting to get short and short positioning. And we're going to see a face-melting retracement rally that is going to look just like the ones that we saw in 2000 and 2008 on the way down. Because I'm still, for better or for worse, a believer that there's more room to come out of big tech. And if I believe that there's more room to come out of big tech because I think rates are still going to be pressured upward – then I got to think the S&P is going to find a lower level than we just bounced off of. But right now is not the time to be looking for that as a trader. Every, every, the entire boat is tilted to the short side of the boat right now. And that's just the way I feel things. And I could be wrong. Today's evidence is a little bit that I'm kind of on the right track.
0: Yeah. Um, I'm, I want to follow up on tech and I want to I touch on housing in a minute. But I've got to ask you this question. Great questions. Keep them coming. You know where to put them in the YouTube chat. Uh, in the comments section until we get that live chat back on our website and on Twitter, hashtag AskRV or tag realvision um, But we got to ask this one, Ape on YouTube. Tony, if the Yankees take Cleveland today, do you really think they can beat the Astros?
1: Oh, man, that's a tall order. we got to go one game at a time here. You know what I mean? That's a great question, and I'm going to be dialed in right after the daily briefing to find out.
0: Well, I just want to let you guys know, uh, Brian and Nick and the guys have it up. The team has it up and if anything happens and you're walking or you're driving and you're not double screening it with a beer like Tony, then we will let you know. And if Tony's in the middle of answering it, we will let you know if anything happens. So stay tuned, we got you covered. Um, Okay, so housing, Uh, interesting conversation. Julian and Raoul, as you know, uh, often disagree, duke it out on Macro Insiders, um, and which is why we love having them together. And that um, they were talking about housing and, and, you know, where they've gone. Everyone's trying to figure out what's priced in yet. I think it's fair to say. Uh, and they were, Julian in particular, very negative on housing. Let's listen to a little clip of that.
2: And how about uh, real
0: estate markets? Any updating of models on real estate? Any changing of uh, the outlook? Is it getting worse? Because mortgage rates are going up. I mean, I've just got one word for housing, timber.
1: I mean look yeah, you're, you're, you're going to be fine yeah it is
0: obviously uh look i mean uh if you if, own your house and you've got a locked in mortgage good for you and your pro- house prices will probably take back 30 40% of the rise that they Correct. did
2: in two. Correct.
0: in 20 20- they won't take it all back probably no. not no. um and so yeah if you bought it at the peak on a floating rate mortgage it's pretty awkward um generally speaking yeah house prices going down a bit i don't think it's the end of the world uh, again the system I is not so I, levered
1: no the only place that i think is really problematic is i do think that activity is going to going to oh, get yeah. absolutely hammered
2: yeah
0: it's kind of to be new construction. The new construction. Yeah. A... Yeah. This it. is where I think unemployment comes from because it's
2: such yeah. a large I employment. I think Raoul and I moves. totally agree on that one.
0: That full interview is available on our website. Um, Tony, you have a view on housing, uh, either either through equities or through commodities.
1: Uh, housing equities, I do have a view. I mean, I think they are. Um, In the process of working their way lower, you know, I'm still Maggie, I'm still in the camp and kind of not totally being proven, but I'm on the right track that commodity inflation is going to keep CPI at elevated levels. There's going to be constant pressure by the short term bond market to, you know, for to cause the Fed to keep rates moving higher. And that's just going to be a disaster for the housing market. And then when I look back at the housing market from the, uh, you know, as I've traded it aggressively over the past, you know, I traded it from the long side through the entire lockdown because I saw the merit to that trade. And quite honestly, now with rates so much higher than they were, you know, in the mortgage department and, you know, across the long end, I don't know how the sector is going to get started again unless those rates come back lower. And I don't know, you know, how and when that really happens. Sometimes the Fed can engineer that you know, when they're trying to engineer a recovery, they can keep rates lower in the long end to jumpstart the housing market. If I don't see that soon, I'm definitely going to be concerned. So I still think the chart is broken. I'd be selling rallies towards moving average resistance, and I don't think they've found a bottom yet.
0: Yeah, which is great. Then this is, I think, what everyone's really trying to figure out. You can just see everyone when they're getting in, and it's a little worrying because- you know we had uh, Dave Floyd on yesterday saying, "You know, buy the dip is is over. You can't do that. You've got to have a better straight trading strategy for that. Having said that, we understand why people are are looking at sectors that are beaten down <clears throat> and trying to figure out whether they've reached the bottom or not. You mentioned technology. You're still bearish technology. We did have Apple. We saw Apple on the decline today um as they're, you know, cutting certain production of the phone. It doesn't look like it's straightly due to demand. It just looks like cannibal cannibalization of one type model over the other. But nonetheless, how are you feeling about technology?
1: Um, bullish in the short term. Uh, you have to say, you know, it's not a sector. You know, the, part of my trade is the great rotation where commodities outperform technology. So I'm not going to get long technology as a tactical trade because I do believe they are in a secular decline. Right now, they are like, you know, they they're coming up as better buys than most of the other things across of my across the other sectors across my screening because they've been beaten up so badly due to the rate move. Now, if we're going to have some respite in the rate move or at least a short covering bounce in the S and P one of the first things that I would latch onto is some sector of technology because it's going to fly, right? Mm. Just because there's so much room technically before they even get to a resistance level that if I were a seller, I wouldn't do anything until they got to a resistance level. So it's the kind of thing where there's room for them to rally, but, in terms of the big picture, I, I'm really much more. I'd rather focus my chips being long the natural resources sector, um, you know, things like that on the dip, which are still structurally intact, than you know attack the tech sector and try to pick a bottom.
0: Yeah, when you're when you're so you're playing you're you're just from a momentum point of view when it bounces you're you're, you're playing it that way. Are you differentiating w- within tech? I mean, you're, are you trying to stick to the sort of higher quality proven track record type tech names or are you looking at some of those that were were really beaten down just for a super short term
1: yeah that's the way I would look at it for me Maggie you know if I was gonna you know if I was gonna trade the tech trade from the long side down here this week and you know in the middle of this I would grab the Google Amazon Microsoft mm-hmm. package you know because those are more likely to see buying and you know probably have some room till they have re- hit resistance um, either that or you can pick you know the cyber uh, excuse me, the cloud storage sector, which is down like 60% year to date. And, you know, look for a law of, law of small numbers bounce out of that thing, um, you know, which could be a great trade. You know, if that's the way, if you're looking for the trade, you definitely wanna find the most beat up dog in the race and, and get long that for the retracement because it's gonna have a huge percentage rally, you know, but I'm trying to stick to the sectors that I've been uh, tactically trading from the long side for the same structural reason, because really nothing has changed with that structure, aside from a technical breakdown in natural gas today, which is also relevant.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we'll circle back to this again because I think it's it's within this theme that David brought up at the top. So Green Avocado is asking, uh, I laugh every time every time I say that. Is Tony completely out of XLE right now?
1: Um, I just added XLE. I, I was flat for a long time. You know, I was flat energy and energy stocks. I think the only long on my pad was, um, and marathon petroleum. And that's because I never got stopped out on the downside, even in the most recent de-risking. So mm-hmm. I stayed long that I bought financials on the dip. I bought XLE just recently. So this is a new long again for me. And last I checked, I still have a lot of house money in that sector. So you know i can put on a small position and start building from there and i may be in this for the rest of the year but i could tell you that i'm wildly focused on a trade around the turn of the next two weeks because if you chart oils and oil stocks next to each other you will notice that while oil is spilling with the spr oil stocks are not Mm. and so that's just such a strong tell for me that you know in a couple of weeks time We're going to see oil stocks absolutely explode out of the turn, and hopefully I'll be positioned for that.
0: We're going to take another quick break to hear a word from our partners. We'll be right back with more of the day's top analysis on the Real Vision Daily Briefing.
2: You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com.
0: Uh, Shashrank on YouTube asking, um, and I think they may be newer to this conversation, Tony, because they're asking Does being an oil bull make Tony a green energy bear? Uh, or is he also hedging his bets with green energy? If not, how to hedge against oil? I think those of us who know you know the answer to that, I think. But I always like to check in because things change. Tony, what's your thought about that? Yeah,
1: you know, I'm kind of agnostic to the green energy trade. You know, I kind of look for places for it to fail, quite honestly. And I think that some of those places are, you know, being long uranium, um, you know, look, looking for places that um, we're going to have to go to source baseload power. You know, if um, the ESG trade does fail, so I think that that's the way the market will go. Um, I don't necessarily have plays on the solar sector or anything like that right now. I have an eye on them, and they kind of look like they stopped trending higher when Biden got elected, and everything from there has been, you know, back and forth. So I'm not really an expert on the other sectors of the ESG trade. I'm just really trying to dial into the fossil fuel side, because as long as, you know, we keep pushing carbon neutral by 2030 and all these outrageous platitudes, that's really bullish stuff for fossil fuels, no matter what they say.
0: Yeah. Um. By the way, just just for those of you who are watching and speaking of when things are, you know, are so negative, the power of a move. Uh, it looks like Netflix earnings are out and they added subscribers. Uh, and it, I think it's, it looks like it's up 12%. I don't know. It may have moved from that last move. But,
1: so Maggie, um, what do you do now if you bought puts last Friday on the low at 3500 and Netflix is adding subscribers? What, what do yeah. you do? What's your, what's your game plan for that? Do you have one? Can I ask you the question?
0: Yeah, this is the point you're making Tony that if 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 sentiment has gotten so far and the and the people they've got going to gonna have to massively chase this market, right? It's going to be ugly.
1: And there's not going to be somebody that's going to say oh, I'm going to stand here and sell into this short covering rally that has 350 points of S&P room on the upside. That's my fear if I'm short.
0: Yeah. No, no, excellent point and it's exactly what you're talking about. Um so Tony, if we if we sort if if I sort of take a step back and looking at all the stuff we're talking about and the takeaways, um, it sounds like and I and I really want you to clarify this because I think this has been a really good conversation when we're talking about your 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 sort of larger narratives that you're following, which is. That this is a bullish environment for natural resources. Supply is going to dominate. Not that we're not going to see demand move, but there's just this supply pressure which is going to continue to support that sector. And you're feeling more bearish about technology, especially especially some of these sort of you know non-earnings technology uh, stocks in this interest rate environment that we find ourselves in. Inflation a little stickier, higher interest rates. Although we didn't talk about bonds um they're going to be continue to pressure things but shorter term uh, you're much more tactical and you're looking at some of the conditions of this underlying market as you're making decisions about how you want to position while you continue to look for that turn is that a, is that fair uh, a fair assessment you want to fill us in a little bit did i did i ac- accurately capture that sort of short term view that you have right now
1: Yeah, it sounded like you took great notes on the things that I was saying and the way that I've been trading. So you nailed it pretty much cold, Maggie. That sounds exactly right. You know, we're trying to be, you know, you still have to always think like a trader no matter what. You have to understand that the tape is going to go up and the tape is going to go down. And at the end of the year, it's still going to shake out with, you know, a number of sectors that performed for a reason and a number of sectors that got clobbered for a reason. And it's my job to just make sure that my clients are in the ones that are performing, not getting killed, and that we're, you know, taking tactical opportunities whenever we see them. And it seems like there's a lot presenting itself in the energy market, seeing as it's a really headline-driven, high vol market compared to what it used to be.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Tony, great conversation. I promised I was going to get you out of here a little bit early. No, we, have so up, we have to stay. We have to stay.
1: Maggie, it's three nothing Yankees. And we have to keep talking about markets until they make three outs. So <laughs> is, uh, it, is it
0: really three nothing?
1: Yeah, it's three nothing Yankees. Uh, there are only two outs now. So what do you want to talk about?
0: <laughs> did judge, did judge get that score? Because while, while we were in the clip, he was on he was up at bat. I didn't want to jinx him, uh, you know, given the season he's having. How did he do? Was he the re- is he responsible or no?
1: I didn't see. No, he he was, he was did not participate. I'm, I'm trying to catch out of the corner of my eye here. I did not see who hit the dinger.
0: I think it's less us talking about markets, Tony, maybe. more the fact that you came armed with a beer. That's got this early mojo going.
1: That's right. That's right. We got some energy today, Maggie. Keep it going. We got another out. We can't hang up.
0: All right, listen, so I will ask one more question, and this is a a long one, but just give us a direction about how you think about this. And this is from IR Impossible. It's not a long one, but it's a difficult question. When is sentiment right and when is sentiment wrong? I don't know that we have the answer to that, but how, I mean, I think Tony, when you talk about this, you have all your years of experience that you weigh in on this and you get like almost a gut feeling for this just because you, you, you know, you have muscle memory. You've seen this so many times for people who are less experienced looking at sentiment. It can be really hard right now. How do you try to think about something like sentiment?
1: Well, you look for crescendo moments, you know, you can feel sentiment building and you know i follow jared dillian really closely for sentiment as as you guys do and you know Mm -hmm. by having him on here but you know he is really really good at at seeing when sentiment gets really tilted to one side um you know when sentiment gets tilted it can stay tilted for longer than anyone can stay solvent in the right direction right Or, or sort of fading that direction so you don't when you see sentiment building you don't necessarily say oh, sentiment's negative, this is a a fade, right? Whatever it is, but you say, okay, sentiment's really negative. Now I'm looking for price action, the Mm -hmm. VIX, the tick index, and a few sentiment billboards to confirm that everybody's super bearish. And I saw a couple myself last week into the end of the week And I'm not picking on anybody and I don't want to, but I saw a couple of newborn bears, you know, being birthed with that horrible price action on Thursday, not considering that Thursday was the major reversal day that I was looking for. So when I see, you know, a balance of opinions on the market, I have guys pushing back directly into my bullish newsletter. Tony, you've got this one wrong. And I love reading that. Right. That means that there's an accountable argument for the other side of the trade. If there's no argument for the other side of the trade I'm on, then I'm screwed. Right. Because everybody's the same way as me. So at least it was interesting this week to see that I got as much pushback writing about, I think the turn is happening now as I ever have. And that gave me more confidence to stay in it. And all that shows is that people have reasons to be bearish. And maybe they're going to be right also. And maybe they may not get stopped out on this retracement rally. But the fact is, at 35 vol, when the market is trading vertical, there's a lot of room for retracement in a market that's heading south. And that's a lot of times the way that uh, you know a vicious bear market trades. And they're going to be some point during this bear market, and I'm talking about the inflation bear market that started at the beginning of the year in stocks, there are going to be times when we reel in a new set of bulls because we're going to spike to above the moving averages and everybody's going to get positive. They're all going to get long again. And they're going to be wrong because the scenario is going to remain interest rates higher for longer, pressure on the bond market, pressure on the stock market. We're still in that nothing works environment. So that's how I'm looking at it. I'm just trying to be opportunistic when I see a couple of billboards go up at the lows and I see the VIX not flinch at a 100 point new low in the S&P. You know those are the things that you look for, you know, when um you're looking for chances to raise your place your bets and put your money to work, and those are the triggers that you bet on. And right yeah. now we're still in the middle of that bet. We haven't gotten to the end of it, but we're being proven right so far, if that's fair to say
0: that that's fair. and the the important thing there it's not just finger in the wind, even for some experience yeah. like Tony, right? He's checking multiple things charts and and you know his price action and the alternative arguments to make sure that all of those things line up which is something we hear repeatedly tony fantastic stuff listen let's go yankees baby tony it's so much fun
1: thank you so much that was awesome Uh,
0: thank you all for watching we're gonna be back same time tomorrow with greg weldon enjoy take care out there